Change is coming to the International Equestrian Federation with 462 days until the 2016 Rio Olympics. You're listening to the latest edition of ATR Radio. I'm Nicole Bennett. This week, the FEI held its annual forum and extraordinary general assembly in Lausanne. FEI members discussed a broad range of topics and held a vote to modify the organization's statute to allow the president to be paid. The 59 national federations present, along with 27 powers of attorney, voted unanimously to approve the measure for a total of 86 votes. The minimum amount of attendees required for a successful vote is 67. Joining us now with his perspective is Will Connell, Director of Sport for the United States Equestrian Federation. Thank you so much for joining me, Will. What are your thoughts on the vote for a presidential salary? Well, our, our new president, uh, Ingemar DeVos, made it very clear in his manifesto uh, that he would be uh, putting forward a proposal that the president's position was paid. And so I really, the vote in Lausanne um, earlier this week was a, was a little bit of a non-event because in electing the president, I think the National Federation had basically agreed to, to that anyway. Um, but, you know, I think it's a very positive step in, in the governance of the FEI, uh, and the FEI has taken a very positive step forward in professionalizing the organization. And how do you think this decision could affect other international sports federations? Well, I'm just a, a lowly sport director at a national federation, so <laughs> I'm not, not fully tuned in to, to what all the international federations are doing. But I think that I can, you know, it's with my previous experience and experience now in the U.S., that, that governance is one of the cornerstones of, of any successful sport at any level. And so uh, international federations have to continually review their governance structure and how they they carry out their governance responsibilities. And I think in this day and age, we are seeing more presidents, you know, taking up a paid role uh, and their equivalents in business as well. So I don't think this is this is anything out of the usual, really. So you, you mentioned change, and I know uh, Olympic Agenda 2020 came up at the forum, was a major focus. What, what was discussed in terms of, of those reforms? Well, Olympic 2020 and how equestrian sport should uh, should support this agenda was one of the the, the main um, pillars of the of the sports forum along with looking at our the structure of our world equestrian games and i think the two really uh, ran ran in tandem uh, and i think the the ioc olympic agenda 2020 is very interesting very forward looking and very thought provoking uh, it doesn't give sports a sort of black and white template that they have to follow. It's saying these are our principles. These are how we're going to, to look at the Olympics and sport. And each sport then has to consider how that applies to them. You know, the three principles of sustainability, credibility and youth. And I think that equestrian does sit very well in the Olympic family. We have great history and tradition. We have a very unique sport. We're a lifestyle and we have a global community. And we have three very distinct and different disciplines. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that as a sport, we must continually review what we do. We must be prepared to move with the times, to change, to meet modern communication, modern broadcasting uh, methods. And we must remain on the crest of the wave of Olympic sport. We mustn't be behind that, behind that wave or, or in front of it. I think there are areas where 
we have to look at ourselves and say, can we make aspects of our sport uh, more exciting or more understandable for the public? We have a great uh, benefit in equestrian that it's a sport that you can do for many, many years. I think the youngest athlete in equestrian in London 2012 was 18 and the oldest 71. And I don't think there are other sports that could claim that. We have male and female compete on completely equal terms, uh, which I think we're the only Olympic sport. But we do need to look at, at how we present our sport and uh, and the universality of our sport. And there were a lot of discussions around that. Obviously, uh, a lot of people who are very passionate about the traditions of our sport. And I think there's a lot of discussion and better understanding needed of, of, of what universality means. Um, it was interesting to learn that uh, the IOC look at universality as a 365-day-a-year concept. And, um, you know, maybe we need to look at how our whole... Um, build up to the Olympics through the qualification, give everyone a clear pathway to how they qualify quota places for the Games. So it's not necessarily just having more countries at the Olympics, but having more countries involved in the whole process from from youth starting to ride right through to, to athletes climbing the podium at the Olympics. The, the, the sports forum was extremely interesting, very thought-provoking, and uh, the Olympic Agenda 2020 was right at the heart of it. What would you say set this forum apart from others? I know there were changes discussed for jumping, a lot of para-equestrian um, events were discussed, cutting team sizes at the Olympics. So what, what stood out to you and set this forum apart from others? Well, I think this has uh, been the most strategic thinking forum we've had. We weren't actually in many cases, discussing specific decisions that will be taken at the FEI General Assembly later this year. A lot of it is for the future, uh, whatever the future might be. Some of it, of course, we're all in agreement on. Other things like cutting team sizes, some of us uh, are not necessarily in agreement on. But but that was the the, the enjoyable thing about this forum is most of what we were discussing was about where can equestrian sport go? What, where can we develop whilst maintaining our traditions and important key aspects of our sport? Yes, we need to uh, change the format of the World Equestrian Games, and that could be something that goes to the General Assembly later this year. And there were some discussions around uh, how we actually classify show jumping shows. And that might be something for the, for the, for the nearer future. But a lot of it was for further discussion, further ideas, and, and hopefully everyone that participated will, will continue to participate through the online discussions that the FEI have set up. So you mentioned you have a general assembly later this year. And then, as I said before, we're approaching 460 some days to Rio. Um, so what's next for the FEI aside from the General Assembly? Um, what what changes do you foresee happening maybe before Rio? Um, I think the format for the World Equestrian Games could be the main one. Uh, otherwise, the, 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 the Olympic format, Paralympic Games format, uh, won't change before Rio. It, I mean, it will continue to be discussed. Uh, clearly, uh, for all of us involved in the Olympics, and the Paralympic Games, Rio is very much on the 
horizon. The test event is two or three months away. Uh, and for equestrian sport, obviously, transportation of horses and importation of horse feed, etc., is is a big challenge. But uh, I think Rio will be ready for 2016. There are one or two areas that, that are still of slight concern to us, um, but I'm sure they'll be resolved. So lastly, shifting subjects just a little bit, I wanted to get your perspective. Um, obviously, recently we learned the World Athletics Championships are coming to the U.S. in 2019. Um, a little while ago, the World Games were awarded to Birmingham, Alabama, coming to the U.S. in 2021. And I just wanted, like I said, to get your insight. What, is, what does this mean for U.S. sports federations overall? And what could this mean potentially, do you think, for a U.S. Olympic bid like Boston 2024? Well, I, I was very lucky in my last role with the, with the British to see London through from the bid stage right to being the team leader for equestrian in Greenwich. And I was trying to think of, of how best to describe a home games. And I think I'd just say it's the ultimate legal high. A, a home games and, of course, all these other major uh, sporting events gives the Americans the chance to grow their sports, to bring their sports to their their, their, their most supportive fans, i.e. the home fans. It allows to reach out to youth, but also give a stage for your top athletes. It allows the development of a legacy, whether that's physical in, time, in terms of, um, of venues or non-physical in terms of just people's uh, understanding of sport and close contact to sport. And, and sport reaches into so many areas, doesn't it? I mean, health, it prevents crime, it develops cohesiveness. It, it is a very important part of a national fabric. And bringing these major events onto home soil uh, benefits the nation, the local area, the sport. It's a win-win. But it's a win-win if you get the preparation right. And, you know, dealing with home advantage and home disadvantage it is a very big aspect of the build-up to a home games. But uh, my message to everyone in Boston and the U.S. is get behind Boston 2024. Of course, people will have doubts about transport or about accommodation or about this and about that. But uh, an Olympic Games, look, if Rio can put it on, we can put it on. London <laughs> did a fantastic job. Boston can do a fantastic job. You know, the, the model adopted by London could be adopted by Boston. And, and when it goes well, it, there is just nothing better. You know, it is the ultimate legal high. Yeah, definitely. We're hoping for the best and waiting to see how all of that develops. Again, that was Will Connell, Director of Sport for the United States Equestrian Federation. Be sure to check into Around the Rings online on Facebook and Twitter. This is Nicole Bennett. Thanks for listening.